Prosecutor John Dorham is now looking at this unmasking issue, among others, wondering about whether there'll be prosecutions. And I'm hearing Grinnell is declassifying four or five other batches of intel. We're waiting. The Justice Department says they're not going to release it. They're waiting for Grinnell himself so we can get these names. But there's four or five other batches of intel, Tucker, and I'm told it could get sticky for John Brennan in particular because of some of the other info. Yeah, we'll explain what that's all about coming up in a moment. But uh, this, the, the whole Russia collusion, Michael Flynn crossfire hurricane thing is not over. Wow. And it shouldn't be because there's new info. Why it's new info and we're getting it now is maddening, but more on that in a second. The ghost of J. Edgar Hoover was hovering over the Oval Office and giving instructions, in my opinion, but again, more on that to come. Wow, look at Good Morning America leading with Los Angeles lockdown. So the announcement, the the confusing, not clear announcement yesterday by the... uh, the county that uh, we're locking down for three more months. Right. All right. This, this this whole thing, there's been a new breed of animal that's emerged, and that is the power-mad county health director all <laughs> over America. They've come out of their office. Nobody knows who they are or how they got in the office, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're the, emerging. Is like, it, does somebody needs to do a story on this. What are the qualifications? Do you have to have any health expertise? Or is it like, you remember, hey, Brownie, you're doing a hell of a job. Can you end up the head of FEMA because you, you ran a, a horse? Arabian Horse League or whatever it was. <laughs> Can you become county health person? Do you I, have to I have would, any medical? I don't know. I would assume so, but I've assumed I a lot has been uh, brought up. I wouldn't assume so. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, they and they, you know, in the midst of this crisis, they're emerging like the monster from the aliens movies, and uh, and, and and gobbling our our economy. Uh, anyway, on that topic, uh, here's here's one little hint, little word to the wise that's become infinite, infinitely clear to me. When you hear someone, uh, almost always a government official or uh, some uh, county health lunatic, um, say we're going to open, but only based on data. And science. 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 We believe in science, you morons. You paste-eating, mouth-breathing morons. That <laughs> grunting and moving around. We want to open our stores. We believe in science. <laughs> Heavy-browed, <laughs> bent-over, bug-eating caveman. <laughs> no, the phrase, we're going to open, but only based on data and science. That's code for our only concern is preventing coronavirus infections, and we have no idea how the economy works, and we're not willing to entertain the notion of how many people will die or be rendered destitute uh, because of our response. The whole is the cure worse than the disease thing. I I like this note from um, uh, MR in beautiful Portlandia. Uh, With all the analogies... uh, he says, look, there's uh, the life of an animal is not worth the life of a human. Don't get hung up, but I think this analogy is a good one, and I agree. When driving a car, it's best not to swerve in an effort to miss a, a squirrel or even a cat. Better to kill the cat than overreact and total the car and kill its passengers or injure them terribly. So it is with the Chinese communist bat death. Our overreaction will prove to cause more harm than the virus itself. Let's not drive the world into a ditch. I think that's a really useful metaphor. And to that, uh, or on that topic, a Chairman Powell of the Fed uh, yesterday pointed out uh, a survey being released, I believe, today or tomorrow. It details 
among households making $40,000 a year or less, so this is definitely blue-collar working class, um, you know, the, the, the folks who are struggling, 40% of their jobs have disappeared. 40%. That is a good way to break it down. This response is driving into poverty and despair, or could, unless Nancy Pelosi hands out $3 trillion more of non-existent money. Uh, It's rendering the very little people who the Democratic Party claims to be helping, rendering them destitute. And and those concerns must be balanced. That's all we're saying. And it, it frustrates the hell out of me that... The way most Americans get their information is through the mainstream media, and they are being brutally misled by the liars in the mainstream media who are clinging to the simplistic and idiotic Trump is at odds with the health people, the health experts narrative that that doesn't exist. It's not happening. We got this text. My favorite bakery in my town is closing permanently because of the government shutdown. Ten people out of work. Best cheesecake ever made. Gone forever. No one, in, no one in my little town dead and only four hospitalized. But those ten people out of work working at the bakery, quite possibly in that category you were just talking about yeah. of uh, salary-wise. Yeah. And yeah, I saw some stats on how many of these jobs they think will never come back or how many of these businesses will never open again. You know, how accurate those are, I don't know. But that that's really troubling. Yeah. And, you know, back to the Fauci aspect of this, on your some of your nuttier right-wing uh, you know, areas, websites, et cetera, there's this anti-Fauci thing growing. I don't subscribe to that. Um, and, and Ben Shapiro, I think, made an excellent point via the Twitter machine. Fauci is always going to err on the side of a prolonged lockdown. That's his job. He's not answerable to the American people, nor is he responsible for balancing various factors in reopening. He's an epidemiologist. He only bears blame if he were to go ahead faster um, on the reopening. That does not mean Fauci is wrong or bad or anything of the sort. It means that he is doing his job and that is that it is the job of policymakers to make policy. Yeah, he could do a better job of explaining that, but it's not required of him. He's a scientist. It's not required of him that be he be a glib um, uh, manipulator of public opinion. Well, one could that, say that the, uh, Trump or Pence or somebody else or the press secretary ought to do a better or job. Or the that clear. media would well, do a better job. Well, that would be helpful because if they he, would stop lying. He had an answer yesterday where he was asked about this whole thing, and, and I, I was in my mind saying what he should have said. Look, I give this information and other people with information about the economy, about schools, about education, then they weigh in, and then somebody else, usually the president, crafts a policy around that. But right. I'm just giving this portion of information. Right. If he'd say that sort of thing, I think he'd be better shot. But, you know, it's not, he doesn't. Well, he did say almost exactly that at the hearing yesterday, but nobody's reporting it because mm. it doesn't fit the idiotic narrative. He goes out of his way. When you watch his full full length answers to questions, he goes out of his way to make it clear that this is what you guys are describing. But those aren't the headlines that get brought up. Those no. aren't the people saying, "Oh, he cautions against." And yeah. well, there's not much he can do about that. As I mentioned earlier, NPR, the the, the anchor said. The headline out of the hearing was Dr. Fauci warning us it could be very dangerous to reopen too early. So they picked their headline, and it was terribly misleading. So fits in with this story. You know, Elon Musk said, I'm opening up my Tesla plant, whether you like it or not. We're going into work. If you want to arrest us, arrest me. I'll be there on the front line. Don't arrest them. I'm the one who made the decision. So we wanted to get the latest on that. 
because um, the state has now said you can open back up or whatever's going on that. So we're going to check in with the reporter. Mm-hmm. Indeed. On the fascinating Tesla story coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. We are a bit worried about not being able to resume production um, in the Bay Area, and, and that should be identified as a serious risk. Um, that, you know, that we, we, we only have two car factories right now, one in Shanghai and one in mm-hmm. the Bay Area, and the Bay Area produces the vast majority of our cars. Vast majority of uh, Teslas made in the Bay Area of California, and the county saying, no, you can't make them up until... Uh very recently. We're going to get the latest on that. As Elon said, I'm going to open the place back up whether you like it or not. It's a three-way battle slash discussion between uh, Tesla, the county, and the state. And Rex Crum, senior web editor uh, of the business section at the Mercury News, San Jose Mercury News and Bay Area News Group, joins us. Uh, He's been following the story. Rex, how are you? I'm doing great. I love your intro music there. It took me back to college with that uh, little Susie by uh, Lick from Tesla there. We we rock hard around here, Rex. <laughs> all right, try to keep up. So, hey, listen, uh, We first of all, we appreciate the time. But for folks who have not been paying attention to the story, can you give us just a, like a 30-second recap? Yeah, I mean, sure. In, in a nutshell, you know, we put the shelter-in-place order around uh, Alameda County, which is where Tesla's factory is located, and several other counties around the Bay Area almost two months ago. Uh, Tesla held off for a few days, closing its factory. Then it finally did. And, you know, like a lot of businesses, you know, they've been closed. And they're one of the big, last big manufacturers around the Bay Area. And uh, finally, Elon Musk, you know, said he'd had enough. And we're, said, you know, hey, we're going to reopen things here, uh, at least start doing some kind of work, because they got to, you know, they got to get the assembly lines working, so to speak. And uh, beginning this week, some employees started coming back to work, and they started doing some uh, some operations there. And then as of last night, it seems like they've reached a, an agreement with Alameda County to continue operations to at least, you know, to, to quote-unquote legally uh, start working again next week. Who made the call for the county? We've been confused by that. Is that is that a one-person decision, or is there a board, or how does that work? Oh, well, it's, yeah, that, that is one of the big, you know, questions because you got the county, you got the sheriff's department, you got the health department, you got the city of Fremont where the plant actually is and you know and its board of uh, you know supervisors, directors and the police there. But it looks like it was finally uh the, the final decision was you know came down to the health department. The uh, county health officials said they'd reached a deal to end this, you know, standoff if you want to call it. Well it's probably worth mentioning that Elon Musk at one point declared he would be moving manufacturing out of California or the headquarters at least. Yeah. Out of California to Nevada and or Texas, and uh, Gavin Newsom responded at the press conference, uh, softening his stance, saying, hey, the, the dispute's with the county. California loves you, Elon. I'm paraphrasing here, Rex. Yeah, no, no, you did, no, you did a good job of paraphrasing there. And part of that, part of what you got to keep in mind is with, with Elon Musk, um, you know, he, he's like President Trump in a way. He loves going on Twitter and saying, speaking his mind on just about anything. So, and he says a lot of things. Um, if you recall, about two years ago is when he said he was going to surprise the world and said, I'm going to take a deal to take Tesla private at $420 a share, and that caused a big brouhaha right. for about six months. So the thing is, yeah, you can say, you know, you're the CEO of a company, but you still have your board of directors, and even though you're Elon Musk and you have a big, uh, you know, say in the company's uh, direction, you know, you, you can't just do everything single-handedly. That said, 
he has already come out and said that they're exploring locations, you know, for a new gigafactory here in the states. Hinted possibility about Texas, and there, there's no way they could just stop operations here while they built a new plant, say. But what they could do, and you know, anything's possible. They could start building their new factory, and then eventually come back to California and say, hey, you know, we got this place in, you know, outside of Austin and it's looking pretty good. So unless you guys, you know, cut us some kind of deal or, or we just had enough, you know, we're just going to start moving operation, move all of our operations over there. So it's a, it's a tricky situation because nothing's going to happen overnight, but stuff could potentially happen in another year, two years as we work through all the rigmarole and all the dev- economic dev- devastation of this crisis that we're in right now. So so what's the latest? Is Tesla half open, 20% open? How open is it right now and running? Yeah, well, that's a good question. No one's really sure it's like how open is open. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard from a couple of employees say that like, they've been told to come back to work, um, doing some operations. Uh, the, we've heard that they've been doing, uh, they, they've been wanting to do like some stamping of, you know, say like door panels and other uh uh, other portions of the cars, getting some painting done, um, you know, because a lot of their cars you know, are already ordered, and then they have to fill the orders. So mm. it's not like they just—it's not like they just make a bunch of cars and they sit out uh, on the lot, and then when somebody you know goes into a dealership to buy one, they ship it out. You know, the, like these cars are almost exclusively earmarked for you or or Joe or whoever you know puts the order in. So they got to. You know, they've got to get some at least preliminary operations going on here. And, you know, it's, you know, the bottom line is it's a business. They need to get their operations back up and running. Well, and I need to point out that uh, Elon Musk did make it clear from the beginning that they would reopen in a very safe and smart way. They would not go back to full capacity and the rest of it. They would take precautions and follow the guidelines that the uh, government has asked us to. Rex Crumb, senior web editor of the business section of the Mercury News and the Bay Area News Group. Mercury <laughs> News, to my mind, the premier newspaper in Northern California. We have believed that for a long time. Oh, yeah. We, we honest, honest to God, we always know the Mercury reporters are going to be the best, and they always turn out to be. But anyway, how do you pronounce this kid's name? How are you going with it? Oh, Elon Musk? Yeah. yeah. X-A-1-E I don't have no idea. X- <laughs> He, he, I'll just call him Elon Jr. for right now. So, <laughs> Elon, if you're listening, no offense. I don't know how to say your kid's name. but <laughs> mm. Too clever by half, as they say. Yeah. Rex Crum, hey, Rex, great to talk to you. Well done. Let's stay in touch. No problem. Good to talk to you. Thanks. I do want one yeah. of those cyber truck trucks oh, bad. Man. So, so get to working on them. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Stamp those doors. <laughs> get that painting done, Elon. <laughs> the, the, the doors ain't going to stamp themselves, you cracker cracker. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I tell you what. It's... <laughs> You know what bothers me so much? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna talk about something else. Go I ahead. don't know. If I'm gonna... I, what you know what makes me <laughs> what makes me crazy and and it shouldn't, but this is why I drink. Is so often the actual story is so much more interesting than the phony, dumbed down, one sided one. I, I understand the mass media. The key word there is mass. And they've got to appeal to the nose pickingest, paste eatingest, wow. half wits out there. You know, not a charitable well, view. No, <laughs> not a charitable view of a reader or viewer. Reaching around. Well, a certain percentage of people, uh, we've all run into them picking your nose and eating adhesives. Well, <laughs> but but the actual story is so interesting. Yeah, this one has to do with, and and every business person knows this interlocking badly and overlapping poorly layers of government 
with all sorts of layers of regulation and authority and the rest of it. I have a buddy who's a, a small businessman. Uh, he's busted his ass his entire life, and he's made a success of it, and, and I congratulate him. Um, but he told me the story about he had on consecutive days a state official say, if you do not do A, you will be closed down. And the next day, a county guy came and said, if you do not do the opposite of A, I will close you down. And he just he didn't know whether to poop or dance the hoochie coo. Right. And he had to go into a weeks-long uh, paperwork nightmare oh. to sort out the regulatory clash between his state and his county. Meanwhile, old Elon is just trying to crank out his, uh, his space trucks that either look like the coolest thing I've ever had I've ever, I've ever seen, or, or are ridiculous. That reminds me that we had a family. Dis- I, I say cool. We had a family discussion yesterday about moving to Mexico. I'll have to talk about that later because it got <laughs> seriously got kind of interesting. Wow. But um, uh, I just saw the NBA some conversations about opening back up again, and Elon or Elon, LeBron, and other uh, the big stars are really pushing to make it happen. Do they have enough sway as the biggest, most powerful players to make it happen? I wonder. I believe LeBron is full of crap. By the way, when it comes to uh, talking about the issues of the day, on the other hand, he is a monster on the hardwood. And he is the league. Yes, he is. Of course, is. he wants to reopen because they're likely to win the championship and him get another MVP. So They're also going to start getting their checks that aren't as full as what they should be. Oh, gotcha. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some of your headlines, L.A. area announced they're going to shut down for three extra months yesterday, then walked it back to something less than that, although it still seems confusing to me. I'm not exactly sure what the plan is. Well, look, here's here's what it is. The county health gal shot off her mouth and said, restrictions through July. And then uh, Mayor Garcetti said, well, it's conceivable they'll be through July. The framework is there, but we'll we'll loosen it up as quickly as we can. This is not an announcement that we're locked down through July. So, as usual, the county health people shot off their mouth. Oh, one note on the Elon Musk thing to follow up our previous interview. I mentioned this very late in the show yesterday, but I absolutely loved it. The California Business and Industrial Alliance uh, took out a full-page ad in the San Diego Union-Tribune. Um, highlighting the the horrific uh, Lorena Gonzalez, uh, California Assemblywoman's F. Elon Musk uh, Twitter uh, attack. And uh, their full-page ad says, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, championed AB5, destroyed thousands of of California jobs and American jobs. Elon Musk founded revolutionary companies, created thousands of California jobs. Who's really effing California? Love that. Good job. Cabia, cabia. Uh, here's a, here, here's a couple of corporations with uh, changing times. Uh, Twitter announced our employees never have to go back to the office so long as they have a job that can be done remotely. So uh, all those gazillions of people that work for Twitter might not be going back to the office. This might be true for a lot of industries. And then, of course, nobody really knows how that will shake out in terms of because if the San Francisco area, if all the tech companies say you don't need to. Go into an office? Yeah, never mind. As long as you got a computer, you can live anywhere. Well, then I probably won't live where they have the most expensive rents in the entire world. Uh, and then if all those people start fanning out across the country or world mm-hmm. to work, then the prices go down. I don't know. 
It, this could have such long-lasting consequences in so many different ways. Yeah. This whole thing. Related story, by the by. Uh, here's your headline from La Times, the LA Times. Bosses are panic-buying spy software to keep tabs on remote workers. Hilarious. And they talk about how if you, the, the digital surveillance can even like figure out when you're looking at the screen and when you're not. <sighs> Colleges and schools use this. And if you are away from your uh, you know unit for like your your computer for five minutes, it'll like flash a warning and report it to your boss and the Whatever. rest of it. <laughs> I, you know, I only work. I I have a limited sphere of uh, working knowledge. I've worked in a one industry for the most part. But aren't there aren't most jobs can you just judge it on did they get their work done or not? Did they get the amount done in the time they were supposed to do it and was it done well? Right. What do you give a crap whether or not they looked at their phone for a while? Right. Well that's stupid stupid bosses insist on slow steady drone like work out of their producers. They're they're real performers when some people go in Bursts of energy and creativity and aggressiveness, and and then they gotta lay down for a while. They just gotta back off of it for a while. We've known salespeople like that. I've I've worked at two kinds of radio stations in my career, and I've seen one flourish and one struggle. Though I've worked in, in, in tiny little markets where this would happen too, but the, the the boss would be there, literally sitting there watching people walk through the door, looking at the clock, make sure they were there by eight o'clock. Same thing at five. Nobody out the door before five o'clock. Right. Those places struggle because nobody wants to freaking work in that environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those idiot bosses who think they're going to get more out of somebody that way. And then other places where it's just, hey, you perform. You get a commission on this. It's up to you. And people, some people work like really hard two days a week and then have five day weekends, but they kill it. Right. Right. Which would you rather they have? Produce, so you're talking about the spy or spyware to see if somebody's looking away from the screen. Whatever. I found some of this a little more interesting than that, though. There are uh, you can design it so it it reports a combination of worrisome behaviors, such as printing both a confidential client list and a resume, an indication that someone's quitting and taking their book of business with them. <laughs> and they can customize it to your to your business. That's hilarious. Yeah, it is kind of funny. It's it's a little scary, honestly. Oh, yeah. But, um, it, it's American ingenuity at work, which the Chinese will steal as soon as possible. Facebook is paying moderators $52 million for psychological damages. Each? These are the people that developed PTSD oh, God, from viewing graphic, Ugh. disturbing videos. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I even made a joke about it because it, it's, it's terrible. So you had the job at Facebook where you're supposed to sit there and look at stuff and decide whether or not it needs to be taken down. And they just saw, well, the worst stuff in the world. I hate to even read the sort of stuff. We've braced ourselves. We can take it. Child sexual abuse, beheadings, terrorism, animal cruelty. I can just imagine. Holy cow. And all kinds of other disturbing images. And you watch that all day long and it ruins your brain. And I'm sure it does. Of course, it's a class action lawsuit. You know how those work. Sure, the lawyers get two thirds, and then and the, the, and the moderators are going to get a, are going to get a thousand dollars each. Right? Honestly, yeah, I'm not exaggerating. That's really? what it says here in the story. You're kidding? No. Holy! The crap. settlement grabs you grants U.S. moderators who are part of the class action lawsuit one thousand dollars each. Okay, so I had to look at uh, wow. animal abuse and child porn all day long for a job, and because it ruined my brain, you're giving me a thousand bucks. Thank but you. The lawyers are getting paid, Jack. That's the key. Uh, and then they'll cover some medical treatment if you need, you know, uh, counseling and all that. Well, sort that's of stuff. good. Oh yeah, at least. Man, that's that's something though. It's it's oh, six hundred billion dollar market cap. Facebook. Oof. 
Uh, it's it's interesting that uh, a normal human being exposed to the worst human beings, their mind goes. It hurts their soul. Yeah. Of course, you're you're not seeing any sort of you're, you're seeing too much of it. There's a tiny bit of there's there's a tiny number number of weirdos doing awful things in every town in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not designed to take all that in at once. Right. Jeez, God dang it. How did how did you... Well, and we're designed to be repulsed, horrified, and angered by that sort of uh, behavior. I got to believe these are people that thought they could handle it, too, or you wouldn't have taken that job. Like, I would would say, no way. I don't... Don't don't even tell me what it pays. I don't care. I'm not going to take a job where I look at animal abuse and child porn all day long. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. But these apparently are people, I'm guessing, that thought, no, I can handle that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, I can I understand that because there are some things you think you can handle until you're confronted with them and then realize that in the flash or, you know, on the video, they're much more terrible than you imagined. And they have an effect on your psyche much yeah. more powerful than you imagine. means I have a better imagination or they have a worse one or what? Or I'm I just know. weaker or what? Well, I would guess this is a lot of young people, too, oh, who dang. have not had that happen to them the experience of thinking I can handle this and then realizing, no, not so much. Are you dealing with sticker shock at the supermarket? You're not alone. The price of groceries saw record-setting spikes over the last month or so. I rarely do the grocery shopping, but I somehow ended up in that situation the other day. I hate it because it takes me me like an hour to do something my wife can do in 10 minutes. Because I don't know where anything is. And she even makes the list... In order, because she can picture the grocery store in her mind. Oh, that's so the, handy. So the list is like, I should be able to just go around in order, but I still, I don't. I you got to double back. You're like, where was, oh, yeah. the, where yeah. was the almond Well, butter? it's easy to miss stuff. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Where she can just go through and just grab, 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 grab. Well, you're walking along, there's pasta sauce, there's pasta sauce, there's pasta, there's just like two inches of taco sauce. <laughs> and then, you know, vast shelves worth of stuff. And guys, listen, this is, this is, uh, this is science. This is anthropology. Guys' brains and eyes are meant to notice motion, primarily. Threats. I got my out for a, a tribe that's about to try and come kill me. Right. I'm not Th- trying to find the exact ripest tomato. Right, exactly. You are you are made to recognize the cavemen from the other valley coming over the hill to catch that motion in your eye, or the antelope ooching along in the tall grass. Women, on the other hand, through thousands of hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, are are made to recognize uh, changes in color and texture, gathering as opposed to hunting. So, listen, ladies, ladies, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yeah, you send us to the grocery store. It's just, it's a fish out of water. Here's the other problem I have. So you need, like, shaking shelves to make it easier for the dudes? (laughs) Listen, if the taco sauce tried to run away from me, I would see that immediately. I would give chase, and I would throttle it. The other problem I have is I don't know vegetables. So she'll put Brussels sprouts on the list. I don't have the slightest idea what a Brussels sprout looks like. Oh, boy. No idea. So I have to Google it on my phone and find pictures (laughs) and then hold it in front of the giant wall of green things and try to figure out which one is this picture. Don't Google it. Bing it. Google is evil. Anyway. I don't know any vegetables, so that really slows me down. I'm good on most vegetables, but occasionally we'll have a recipe with bok choy or... No, I would never even... It's a leafy I, I wouldn't even know where to do. I go to the grocery store or the Jiffy Lube for that. I don't know. I don't even know how to get close to that.
organic fennel. What? Well, fennel, I wouldn't have the slightest idea. Asparagus is the only one I know. You don't know broccoli? What about corn? No. So one that looks like a human brain on a tree. No idea which one is broccoli. No? Nope. How about lettuce? Surely you you can recognize lettuce. Now that you told me that, but there are 75 choices of lettuce. True. Which one am I supposed to get? Makes this country great. It's your iceberg. Just not the purple stuff. (laughs) Your romaine. It's (laughs) off-putting. Yeah, purple. Why is it bruise-colored? Nobody wants (sighs) bruise-colored food. I think I do know eggplant just because of the emoji. Butterhead lettuce. (laughs) Just because of the emoji. Butterhead lettuce. Do I have time to mention this because it's a Octavia? I, I think it's just butter lettuce. I don't I think it's butter face lettuce. <laughs> so somehow we got uh, oh yeah, and, uh, food food prices have spiked. That's how the story started. Yes. And, uh, and I was yes, at the grocery let's get store back there. <laughs> and I was at the grocery store, and I was supposed to pick up a couple of steaks. Is oh my god, is this what we spend on steaks? Yeah, we can't eat steak anymore. Yeah, and 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 I asked her when I got home, and she said no, it's the meat shortage thing because they were just. Thirty dollars? Yeah. We can't spend sixty dollars for a twelve dollar steak. For a couple of steaks, but that's the price of meat for a lot of your meat now. It's just insane. These, these prices—it's like you're—it's like you're trying to buy a panda steak at the Wuhan wet market. These prices are outrageous. This is just cow. I drive by hundreds of cows on my way home. <laughs> of course, I live out in the country, but. Surely there's there. Hey, farmers, I was just reading an article about this. Not only barter, but more direct marketing. For instance, I have a buddy who is uh, in the wholesale fish and seafood business, a longtime family company. And I don't know what percentage of his business, but I think it's like 90, 95 percent is selling to restaurants. Well, as you might guess, he's getting murdered. Um, and so more and more of his friends and acquaintances are are realizing, well, wait a minute, he can get me seafood that was swimming in the ocean yesterday, fresh, delicious seafood. And I did that, and I cooked up some scallops last night. It's absolutely fabulous. But we have uncountable cattle and hogs that are just going to get you know wasted and thrown in mass graves because of the choke point there at the processing place. I wish there were some way we could come up with a workaround. Yeah. But uh, your counties and states probably with the regulatory r- regimes would not let it happen. Everything's up, though. Meat, poultry, fish, eggs, uh, everything you can talk about. So overall, it was the biggest jump in prices at grocery stores in half a century. Moving up. In the last month. So <laughs> That's you have, amazing. So you got 20% of the workforce, or as we pointed out earlier, among people in the lower income, 40% of the workforce that's lost their job at the same time that groceries have spiked the biggest in half a century. That's a bad combo. Well, and especially given the fact that it's, what, 80 days uh, since the economy was just absolutely humming. Couldn't have been better for so, a lot of people. Well, the economy in general. I'm not going to get into the whole inequity thing. I do need to uh, talk about the family discussion of moving to Mexico. And uh, What are you, Elon Musk, all of a sudden? I don't know. It's a long story. We found the perfect place, though. We're going to move to Mexico. I mean, it's just, oh, I'll tell you about it. You're going to want to grab it before I get there. Coming up as well, uh, another look at the utterly dishonest coverage of the big COVID uh, hearing yesterday and more on the crossfire hurricane Comey Obama spying scandal. That thing is about to blow up. Yeah, um, I hope so. I hope it's going mainstream. Stay tuned. The 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will bear this out. First of all, uh, Senator Paul, uh, thank you for your comments. I, I have never made myself out to be the end all and only voice of this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. There are a number of other people who come into that and give advice that are more related to the things that you spoke about, about the need to get the country back open again and economically. I don't give advice about economic things. I don't give advice about anything other than public health. God, I'm in a, I'm a, I must be in a mood today. I, was just, I couldn't listen to that without thinking about how I saw it on a cable news channel yesterday with the announcer saying, things got heated at the hearings today. The most tense moment. And they were talking about that clip, which was just two reasonable people talking about something. Having a discussion. (laughs) It it reminds me so much of what John Stewart said a number of years ago that struck us both, the true bias of the media is toward conflict. And they will invent conflict where there is none, and they will convince you that it exists. That was so not heated. Well, I know. I know. Knowing that these things are getting navigated through by... People like that having conversations like that in a very respectful and it, it, that that makes me feel better knowing that those sort of conversations no, things are happening. got heated, Sean, well, and uh, he claps back and, and yeah, exactly. And Schumer saying, "Let her rip, Doctor Fauci," without the president looming over you, controlling what you say. And then finally, oh. the internet exploded when yeah. the laziest journalism. So no, at no time has Doctor Fauci, nor Donald Trump, nor Pence, nor anybody actually involved portrayed Dr. Fauci as the be-all and end-all, as uh, Rand Paul was uh, expressing. But the mainstream media, I mean, the vast majority of American media, portrays him as that every single second. As if the only question before us is the number of cases and the testing and the rest of it. It's a huge factor, obviously, but it's not the only factor. I'm looking at the Washington Post. Uh, Coronavirus could roar back if states... Coronavirus could roar back if states lift restrictions too soon. Top U.S. health officials warn. And then there's an entire paragraph before you even get to the the gist of the article uh, saying that the, the, the country must be careful that the disease expert predicted Americans would experience suffering and death that could be avoided. Setting up a potential conflict with President Trump and his deepening view that the country must lift its restrictions and spark the moribund economy. There is no conflict except the utterly healthy, the necessary, the absolutely necessary conflict between weighing this hazard and this hazard. Later, in their own dang paper, how about this headline? April saw the sharpest increase in grocery store prices in 50 years. You don't think that has percussions? How about this headline? The global child mortality rate could rise for the first time in more than 60 years. Why? Wow. Wow. Because the youngest patients are being blocked from basic care. How many deaths will that cause? Conflict! Trump versus Fauci! Great, Scott. This is difficult stuff. Can you imagine... You and your spouse, you and your child, somebody you care about very much, trying to work out something very, very difficult, and you have people shouting as you're trying to discuss lies and half-truths to try to steer you into sniping at each other. That's what's happening now on a national basis, and it makes me insane. Wife says we should come up with vacation plans. 
Husband mentions the economy is bad, setting up a potential conflict between the wife and the husband. Well, no, no, no. All I was trying to say is that I'd love to do that, but maybe we can find a way to save a little money. Conflict! Things got heated. Fight! It's Trump versus the medical experts. When it's Coronavirus! Ne- Thank you, Bacardi. When it's nothing of the sort. God, it makes me insane. Rand and Fauci. Good discussion. Look, my job is just the disease. That's my end of it. There are other advisors who talk about the need to get the economy going, and then we, we give that advice to the policymakers, and they come up with policy. No good! We need conflict, and it has to involve Trump! Liars. Lying liars and the lies they lie. That's our headline this morning. <laughs> Uh, we're going to play some of the Matthew McConaughey at some point. I got to admit, oh, I, yeah. I saw him on Fox yesterday and I fast forwarded through it because I thought, why do I want to hear what this numb nut has to have a shirt on? He had his shirt on. Yes. Oh, oh, they must dre- have asked him to. Dressed up for him. <laughs> yeah. nice. Like, we got to ask you to be shirted for this. Okay. I was intrigued enough. I did listen to it and it was, it was a good message. Actually, it's fairly directly related to what I just was, was shouting about. Cool. Um, uh, Wall Street Journal is going big on the whole. Trump and his intelligence chiefs were behind Obama. Obama, his, I'm sorry. Obama was behind Obama. the whole crossfire hurricane thing. Right. And we've got a lot more on that coming up in just a bit. It's it's big news. <laughs>